Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode number 134 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast brought to you by PJS at CPAs. We are doing a special episode with three of our team members today. We've got Katina Peters, Amanda Mulcahy, and myself, Megan Spicer. And we're all going to be talking to you today about finding your, and there's some back and forth on how to say this word, but niche or niche. They're both correct because I did look at that last night because I say it a certain way. And I actually figured out that I say it both ways, depending on the sentence. So I was like, well, am I saying it wrong sometimes? But they're both right. So welcome to the show, you two. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Good to be here as always. (laughs) I um, go back and forth on not knowing how to say it as well. So thanks for that clarification. (laughs) Well, it's funny because you've heard the term, the riches are in the niches, right? So I was like, oh, it must rhyme with rich. So it's niche. But then it sounds so much fancier when you hear niche. So I was like, oh, well, I kind of like niche, but they're both correct (laughs) because it's just like a tomato, tomato type thing. So I did confirm that we're not sounding uneducated today in our pronunciation. Then you can decide like if if you want to be fancy or or less fancy. Right. (laughs) When you say it. More relatable (laughs) is the niche. (laughs) I think there actually was a third pronunciation that I had never heard which is also correct, but I'm like, we're not even going to, we're not going to touch that one. Just not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Two is enough for me. For sure. Exactly. (laughs) I can't handle more in my brain, especially right now. So I think one of the first things that people think of, you know, we hear this term, the riches are in the niches, but there's this natural fear of dialing things in. And that's one of the first things that I think you have to just mentally prepare your brain for before you even start going down that path, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I think definitely, you know, if you're in and you're growing your business and you're kind of, you know, in survival mode and you're taking whatever you can get a lot of times and those kinds of things. And then as your business grows and matures, and maybe even you start out with a, a niche market, but if you don't, a lot of times there's this fear of, well, I can't like turn away business. I need business. Like I've mm-hmm. been in survival mode, just trying to survive as a business and get to the point of growth and, you know, those kinds of things. So I think that's a huge stop for a lot of people, like mental block that they get into because they are working so hard on their marketing and to get the leads in the door and to whatever that they just want to take whatever they can, whatever they can win. And that's at some point for sure, maybe even arguably from the beginning of your business, but definitely at some point in your business for sure, not the most ideal situation to be in. So you have to drop the fear of missing out on a sale. And I think one of the things that I learned as I was looking at at this type of a circumstance and kind of what that would mean for our business, et cetera. One of the things that spoke to me is there are 
millions of businesses or millions of customers, depending on who you're focusing on out there. You don't have to take them all. You can focus in on the ones that you want to work with on the specific industry that you're in, and you're still going to get lots of opportunities. And and we'll talk obviously more about, you know, how this works and how it really does work out <laughs> when you go through this thinking process. And hopefully that'll also create some comfort around it. But that's a big thing that you have to kind of move past and, and mentally be like, okay, that's okay. We can do it this way and it's going to work out still. So there's that part of it. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about this in, in the marketing side, but I, I like this saying too, if you speak to everyone, you're marketing to everyone, you're really speaking to no one specifically, no one in particular, right? So, so you're not going to connect as well with that audience because, you know, you might grab a couple of people that are just generally interested or something like that. But if you're speaking specifically to your niche market, then you're going to get their attention more easily, right? Because you're narrowly speaking to them. So I think that's a good thing to to consider as well that you're really honing that in. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit more too. The other thing to kind of look at as well as overcoming these fears is, you know, if you're looking for something, like you're buying something, you're getting a service, you're whatever, you're going out looking for somebody or something specific, right? You're not looking for general things. So if you're looking for something specific, if you're on the flip side of that, you need to be selling something specific, right? In order to make a good match. So now they're going to be looking for someone that can cater to their needs in doing the service and what have you. So if you're speaking to what they're looking for, you're going to have a much higher rate of success if you're speaking in that way, right? So that's another reason that we can niche down, speak directly to that target market and what and what their needs specifically are because that's going to resonate with them. So hopefully all those things kind of help overcome the natural fear that you have as a business owner, just trying to get as much as you can coming in the door. And as we keep talking about the niche, you're going to get, I think, even more to help you understand and feel more comfortable with that as well. Yeah. I think one of the good examples that I heard was, you know, if you need surgery on your foot, right? You're not going to go to your general doctor and ask them to do surgery on your foot. You're going to go to a surgeon that specializes in feet, who knows the anatomy of your feet and has done millions of those surgeries before so that you feel comfortable, right? So you can think about it kind of in those terms as far as like, you want someone who knows what they're doing to handle whatever it is that they're looking for. So niching down is not something to be scared of. Absolutely. And as we shift in, I always like to, you know, we, we like to talk about the why and the benefits of why you would want to do something and what is going to make this journey worthwhile. Because if we're just saying do this, it doesn't really give you a whole lot of applicability. So we, we want to shift the conversation to, okay, well, what are, what is, how is this going to serve me and my company, Right. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, you know, from an internal perspective, you can look if you're serving a niche market is you 
if you're servicing one type of customer, you maybe have certain processes and procedures or you hopefully have certain processes and procedures that are specific to that type of customer. So if we look at our business, for example, as an accounting firm, when we help construction contractors, there's very specific things in accounting and tax, etc. that apply to construction industry. So we're setting up processes and procedures specific to that. And we're setting up training for our team specific to that to make sure we stay abreast of all the new changes, whatever is happening, things like that. So our internal processes can get much more streamlined when we're dealing in specific niche than when we're just generally helping everyone, right? Because now we have a specific process. It applies to everybody in that niche. We have good, strong training, good, strong experience and expertise in that area. And it just like compounds on itself to make us more efficient internally. And we can, you know, service those clients better. And instead of spreading ourselves thin across a bunch of general everythings. Yeah. Speaking of servicing, one of the benefits is you're able to point your marketing efforts in one direction. And this doesn't only save you time, obviously, but money too, because you're not just throwing away money in this widespread arena of, you know, marketing. I read this like article the other day that had to do with, you know, marketing to your your niche. And it was, if you don't have it like in your, if you don't have your marketing for the niche that you're trying to hit in your business plan before you even start up the company, you know, you're more likely to probably fail. You've kind of doomed yourself from the beginning because then you're just kind of playing catch up and and trying to market to to everybody. And then I think it's very important to kind of make sure you have that niche when you start your marketing plan at the beginning, just by doing your research, right? So like if you, like you said, a, a general surgeon or a doctor, and you know, you're in a small town and you have 15 general surgeons and you come in and try to be a general surgeon, how well will that work out for you, right? So understanding the market you're in and doing your research, doing your due diligence just to find out, well, this might be my my best specialty, but what is the market needing and wanting and looking for? And then just making sure that if that's something you can give them, you know, start those efforts from the very beginning of your business and and don't try to, I don't know, play catch up with the market, I guess. Yeah. Well, and alongside that, as you're putting in all of these efforts for this very specific marketing, every time you do that, and I like to use a lot of marketing efforts come down to like the savings account, right? That you're putting money into every time you put something out. And if all of your efforts are focused on this niche, you're able to deposit more money into that savings account. And every time you do that, every time you release a new webinar, every time you release a new email out to your list, every time you create new copy for a page on your website, you are increasing that credibility in that field with that group of people. You're increasing the amount of trust that they have in you because they understand that you work specifically with their type of people, right? You're resonating with, oh my gosh, I'm a photographer. They work with photographers. They understand exactly what my my pain points are. They understand what my needs are. They understand what my priorities are in my business, things like that. So you become this well-known expert in that industry that immediately carries with it more credibility. People begin to know your name in that industry. And it just, it resonates more when people see your name. They go, oh, that's that person that specializes in XYZ, right? 
you're building up this savings account of credibility and trust with the right target audience. Yeah, and that really also makes that marketing dollar go that much further, like to what Amanda was saying. It, you know, it uh-huh. definitely increases the effectiveness, I guess, of your marketing dollar and it really stretches it much, much further and you're getting much more bang for your buck with regards to that and having these pointed marketing effort, efforts and building that credibility and trust in the marketplace around that specific industry that you're focusing on. And in, in, kind of in line with that, it also increases profitability in the company. You're taking advantage of the things that we talked about. You're leveraging your team's knowledge. So they're not wasting time learning 10 different industries maybe or what have you and, and trying mm-hmm. to be an expert in, in, 10, in 10 different industries. You have processes that are streamlined and honed in and good training around that. You're increasing the effectiveness of your marketing dollar. So, you know, all of these things add to that bottom line, right? So, you know, you're increasing the top line in collecting, you know, more clients or what have you in that industry. And then you're making really efficient decisions and processes and things, you know, on your cost side. So your profitability also you will see increase uh, naturally as well from being specific in a niche industry. Yeah. And I think with increased profitability comes increased confidence. (laughs) And so, which is another huge benefit of, you know, finding that niche market is you build this confidence in yourself because you've built a clientele that's confident in you. And you're able to service them better. You're able to know your industry better. You're wanting to learn this industry better, whether it's a service or a product, you know, based industry that you're in. And I think any business owner has to have confidence in themselves to be able to sell their product or service. If they don't, it don't matter how well you know your industry, you know, it's not really going to work out too much, I think. Like what I hear Katina or Jamie or Jamie speak about, you know, accounting or just anything in the financial realm, you can hear the confidence in their voice. When I speak about financial stuff, there's no confidence in my voice at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just having that, that niche market can help you build specifically your skill set in that service industry or product industry. And, you know, again, gain confidence in yourself. If you're confident, your clients will trust you. You know, they feel that confidence. If you're uneasy and don't know what you're talking about or act like you don't know what you're talking about, you know, they're going to look for somebody that is confident in that, in that industry. So, so yes, I think building confidence in yourself is another benefit of finding that niche market. Yeah. And now, you know, you understand the benefits. We all know that this is a great way to push our business forward, to get a better, deeper understanding of the clients that we're serving but maybe you don't you either don't have a niche at all or you want to niche down further maybe you don't know that you have the correct niche and so i i want to shift the conversation over to how are we going to actually do this how are we going to niche down into an area that we feel confident about that we feel is a good direction for our business and i think one of the first places to start is to analyze what you're doing currently and that can mean different things depending on the stage of business you're in but you know really take a look at if you do have current clients what clients are bringing in the most profit for your business 
what makes the most sense? Is there a certain industry or a certain level of revenue or a certain, you know, look for the commonalities in the clients that are most profitable for you and try to see, you know, is that something that I could niche down into? How can you take what's working and improve on that? So I think, you know, to to your point, Katina, from earlier, the the fear of casting this broader wide net to capture all of these clients, which is sometimes a necessity, but I think there's the reality of maybe you do need to work with those clients for a little bit, but how can you start making those shifts little by little to improve your marketing, to niche into something that you do enjoy doing or that is going to be more profitable for your business. And that's how you start getting out of the broader, wider net and are able to deep dive into something that you get more enjoyment out of, that you get more satisfaction in working with that type of client. So I think that's something that gets kind of candy coated over a little bit too, is like, we all have this reality of, I need to pay my bills and that's okay. You can do that. You can work with all of those clients, but maybe you say you don't, you only focus on the type of client that you want to work with on your website, on your social media, right? You, You have to work with all these clients right now, but only feature the ones that you want to work with so that the new clients walking in the door begin to be in that niche that you want to work with. And slowly you transition into that niche. It doesn't have to be an overnight thing. It doesn't mean that you have to get rid of all the clients that aren't in that niche right now. It can be something that you work on. And I think that's something that kind of is overwhelming and scary for a lot of people too, is they think, oh, I have to do this transition. It's so overwhelming. I just can't do it. And it can't be more of a slow burn. You you don't have to do it overnight. I think that's a really big thing to understand and kind of take a deep breath and know it doesn't have to be today. It can be a year from now and you just need to start working on it little by little right now to get there in a year. Yes, absolutely. We definitely transitional. And I would definitely take that approach and it's kind of the slow and steady <laughs> wins the race kind of situation for sure. But like you said, now you're honing in your marketing dollars, you're honing in your target, you're, you know, making that work better. And so you may be doing other work and you may still take on other work. Maybe you have people that come in that aren't in the niche that you're marketing to, but maybe you decide for whatever reason that that's still something you want to take on. That Those decisions can be made you know, in the moment. I think what I would recommend is that you set some some sort of hard, fast rules. So you're not just still taking everything to take everything. <laughs> you know, like say, you know, we're going to niche down to a couple of, you know, service industries, but well, you may still take some other service industries if they come in, but we're not going to take anything that's, you know, maybe a retail business or something like that. Right. So you may still want to have some things that you just don't do, that you just turn away and, and create some relationships to refer those out to you know, find some other professionals that that do those industries so you can create those referral relationships with them. But I think to gain the efficiencies we talked about earlier in your processes and stuff, you do have to create some something, some places to say no, I guess. (laughs) But it's always a decision, right? As you're in the business and where you're at and what's going on, you have the opportunity to make those decisions as you go, but with the goal in mind to make that maneuver over, you know, to where you really want to be and to be the most efficient, effective, profitable, confident, (laughs) et cetera, all the things we said, you know, you want to keep that end goal in mind because you don't want to get lost in the just 
continuing to take everything because it's walking in the door because mm-hmm. we know that that's not going to be the most profitable answer for you. So around what you're seeing on, on getting clarity on that, I think, you know, like you said, look at what you've currently got. Think about what you most enjoy to doing and what types of clients you really enjoy working with because that's important too. I think you do have to look, as Amanda said, at the market and what's possible, but also you don't want to be something doing something as a business owner or with your team that you really don't like in the long run. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not going to not gonna be a good outcome at the end of the day. So you want to look at that. You want to look at your values and what those are. We talked about core values, you know, and those before, and also looking at aligning the people that you're working with as customers and are they in alignment with those core values? Are they going to be a good fit and starting to be a little picky choosy with regards to that? Because you want to work with those good people that you enjoyed working with and that you filtered down, you know, kind of your list to say, hey, these are the people I really like to work with. How, how can I get more of these type of people? And I think that, you know, comes into play with your marketing efforts again, who, who you're speaking to. You're going to be speaking to those that are reflective of your values likely, right? I mean, that's just, I think, pretty common if somebody's looking at your website and they go, hey, this, this company really resonates with me. I really like their values. I really like what they're trying to do and how they go about it. That's, and that, of course, is going to speak to them and also going to be what you want to attract likely. So you want to look at those things. Also kind of putting some details around that, I guess, right? Paint a picture, so to speak, in words probably, but, or if you really want to paint one, that's fine too. But <laughs> not against art around here. But point is, you know, what do those people look like? And what is the specifics of that avatar that you would be building so that you can start thinking about it in all aspects? What does that mean in process and procedure internally? What does that mean I'm marketing to, et cetera? You know, so you can start looking at what is it mean for what what are their pain points? Like you said, you know, what what are these people that we're looking for and how can we help fill the need that they have in order to get that just pulled together and paint that bigger picture for the company? Yeah. And kind of off of that, like to find who you're marketing to, you really need to be able to review your competition. And so I think like I said earlier, obviously you want to review them at the very beginning before you start your business to know kind of what market you're going into anyways but constantly reviewing them throughout the year and or years. So that way, you know that you're still in a good market. And I think like what Katina said, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm reviewing my competition and nobody's in this industry or nobody caters to this service. That doesn't mean you have to cater to that service or that industry. Like you said, Katina, you know, be picky. I had seen this interview the other day with, I think it was like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I love Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. But <laughs> but they had said that that no is a full sentence, right? So like you can say no. Mm-hmm. And whatever the reasons are for saying no to clients, even if they're a big client, even if they're, you know, they're like, I'll pay you all this money or whatever it is. If it doesn't fall in line with what you want, you know, you have to turn them away. You have to be a little bit picky. But the only way you can kind of do that is one at the beginning, find what market you want. And then two, you know, just keep reviewing your competition throughout, figuring out how you stand out amongst everyone else. And even if there are people or businesses in the same industry or service you are, 
you need to figure out what you can do to set yourself, set yourself aside from them. Kind of like Katina said with, you know, your values, what are your values? You know, what's your mission? What's your purpose? And just have that shine a little brighter than, you know, your competitors. Yeah. And along those same lines, I'm going to dig out a term from old marketing classes in college, (laughs) our unique selling proposition, the USP. That's basically, you need to answer the question after you do that research on your competition. How do you solve a specific problem better than anyone else for your avatar, right? Katina talked about creating that specific person. You need to think of that specific person. Maybe it's a client that you work with right now that you love, right? So think of, we'll we'll name him Mark. Mark is like your ideal client. You love working with this client. They value what you do. You think of Mark and you say, okay, how do I solve his specific problem better than anyone else? And how do I talk to him that resonates? And in everything that you do, it gives you a great direction for how do I you know, type up my landing page copy? How do I write this email? What, what would Mark like? You know? So you start thinking of, of it in terms of that rather than this pie in the sky concept of a person, right? Because it's so hard to make it human when you're thinking of, oh, a dentist who owns a $1 million, like it's just like this random idea rather than a human that you're thinking of when you're doing those things. So I think that helps kind of bring things back down to earth and helps you make it a little more relatable and something that's going to resonate with the right type of people rather than thinking in terms of like these bigger ideas. And I think lastly, it, this is not something that's one and done. Like we always want the, the easy fix, right? But this is an, a continual evolution of your services and your offerings. This is something that you should be evaluating to establish in the, in the first place and then reevaluating. You know, it, it's going to change depending on how your business is structured and the types of services that you're offering. But trends change, right? Markets change. New technology develops. There's there's constantly things that are evolving that we have to keep an eye on and understand how that's going to impact our niche and how they're reacting and what they're looking for and how we're best able to serve them. So I think that's the last thing is it's something that is fortunately and unfortunately a constant conversation (laughs) that you have to be having with you know, your team and understanding and conversations with your leadership and making sure that everybody's on board and still enjoying the type of work that they're doing too. You know, has the the market changed and maybe that's not the right industry to be in. And that's not a decision to make lightly because if you do, if you are niched down, that's that's a big transition. So understanding and making sure that you're making the right decisions for your business on a constant basis are really important. So there is a free download that I did want to provide for all of our listeners too. We offered this, gosh, (laughs) I need to go back and listen to these episodes, actually, our one through 10. It was our strategic planning series that we put together back in 2019 when we first released the podcast. But we did put together a, a list of valuable downloads that are still very relevant. And one of those is a client avatar worksheet that kind of helps you determine if you don't have a client avatar currently, this can help you kind of break down how that looks for you and start to get that person in mind that we talked about. So you can find that at pjscpas.com forward slash five. 
get that free download. And ah, I'm trying to think if there's something that we can summarize here. The riches are in the niches, I guess. The riches are in the niches. (laughs) 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 Katina, do you have anything to leave our listeners with as far as niching? I think the biggest point that I would want to make is that this really does work. And there's a lot of support for that out there. And there's a lot of success and success stories around this. And it can seem daunting and impossible and and just concerning, like having a lot of fears around that, et cetera. But this really does work. So I would highly recommend, you know, going through this process, making your life better, really. It's just going to make your life better overall as a business and a business owner. So I would definitely say, take those next steps, be brave (laughs) and know that it does work. So yeah, get moving on it. (laughs) Fantastic. And I want to pass the baton over to you, Amanda, if you have any. I would just say from like the marketing standpoint, you know, do your research and do your due diligence, you know, before you start your business and, and just, you know, keep doing it throughout the years of your business. So that way you make sure you're in the right spot. Perfect. Well, thank you to both of you for joining me today to talk about finding your niche and helping to understand the benefits and how to do it and share some resources with our listeners. It was fun. Thanks for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.